Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints offense needed a bounce back day on Saturday and they got it. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day, all you everydayers out there. And of course, for, don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a, the latest episodes. And of course, if you want to keep the conversation going, one-on-one with me, and of course, partake in all of our exclusive film studies, Q&As, inside information, and much more. Head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson NOLA, wherever you are on your social media, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media. You can always find me as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday in the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. The championship team is all about each player being the perfect fit, and eBay Motors thinks the same goes for your vehicle. So make sure that you check out eBay Motors today to find the perfect fit. Just look for that green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guarantee Fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, let's call the injury bug for the New Orleans Saints what it is. It's still concerning. We're going to get to that. We're also going to take a look at how the tight end showed up big yet again when we get to our plays of the day. We're going to have multiple on that one. But first, Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints offense needed a big time bounce back game or not game, but practice. And they got one. And it was really Derek Carr's bounce back day that I think was most impressive. Actually, there were still some parts of the offense that I think needed a little bit of work. You saw some drops, some uh, some you know plays where the ball hit the ground where maybe it shouldn't have and it should have been a catch, things like that. But if you're looking at where it all starts and ends, which is the quarterback position, I think you saw a lot of good things from Derek Carr today. Six of six, when it came to seven on sevens in the indoor facility, we watched then run those sevens on sevens uh, in sort of a, a red zone fashion. Then they moved into one-on-ones. We saw a couple of touchdowns there. But in those seven on sevens in particular, Derek Carr was super, super impressive. Again, went six of six through four touchdowns during that time and during those drills, uh, including a touchdown of Foster Moreau, who paid homage to Jimmy Graham, who's currently on the roster, and put down a big old dunk. So don't be surprised if you see Foster Moreau end up with a dunk during uh, the New Orleans Saints season in here because he already whipped that one out and had a whole bunch going on in terms of celebrations today. Uh, But I thought that Derek Carr had a really nice bounce back day, something that he really needed after a day to where, look, it was challenging, right? The defense did not make it easy on Derek Carr on Friday. He needed to be able to come back on Saturday and and get it going. And I believe that he absolutely did. The next thing you want to look at here is that you also saw... um, some good plays in team drills as well. Um, him and Chris Olave connecting in the intermediate area on a big gain. Uh, there was one that went to uh, Michael Thomas that maybe came in just a little bit low, but 
you wanted to see their connection and they got their connection going early, uh, which we did get an opportunity to see. Uh, Chris Olave and Derek Carr also linking up for a touchdown and one-on-ones with Alante Taylor uh, matched up, but Alante Taylor got his against Michael Thomas before that with Jameis Winston at quarterback, which ended up getting uh, intercepted. I believe that was Jameis Winston, actually. Let me double check and make sure that that wasn't uh, Jake Hayner. But the Alante Taylor, um, the Alante Taylor, Michael Thomas duo or battle rather in one on ones was certainly a lot of fun to watch. Uh, INT, actually, sorry, it was Jake Hayner who threw this one. So Jake Hayner actually threw two interceptions today, uh, one of which in one on ones. So we don't usually count that. But he also threw one during team drills, which we'll get to here in a little bit. Because even though the Saints offense had a little bit of a bounce back day, it didn't stop the defense from still getting theirs and getting their plays. For instance, we saw a lot of pressure from, again, Peyton Turner, who would have had a sack. It was a play blown dead uh, with uh, Peyton Turner and Cam Jordan getting into the backfield. Peyton Turner and Nathan Shepard got into the backfield a couple of times. Um, you know, yesterday we saw Ugo Amadi get a sack from the slots. We're really watching sort of this pass rush and this uh, pressure package that the New Orleans Saints are putting together um, work and, and be of value. So uh, even though Derek Carr had his nice bounce back day today, it didn't stop the New Orleans Saints off or defense rather from getting its plays in. Uh, something that I wanted to highlight too that goes beyond the field when it comes to Derek Carr, and it was in the post-game presser when we were talking with Bradley Roby, Bradley Roby having a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, just had a conversation kind of with us about I had asked, you know, what about Derek Carr makes it challenging for a defense, similarly to what I had asked Tyron Matthew a few weeks ago. And just like Tyron, he mentioned, you know, he can extend plays, he's a little bit faster than maybe you expect he's going to be, things like that. But the other piece that he added on top of that that I thought was really, really interesting was that he commented and complimented his pre-snap ability, his ability to be able to look at the look at the defense, know where the pressure is coming from, make adjustments, call things out, all of that kind of stuff. And so I asked him, you know, how do you then turn around and make that, make things more challenging for Derek Carr in that case? And he talked about disguising, making sure that every play kind of looks the same up until the snap and finding smaller ways to be able to disguise what it is that Derek Carr would usually identify. So how do you disguise it? So then they, you know, he kind of went down this list of things that the defense would start to look at and say, okay, how do we disguise this? How do we disguise that? Even in his own talking about like, maybe I'll, you know, fake like I'm going to, I'm going to rush the passer and then at the snap turn out to make it look like I'm going to go into coverage, but then get back into the pass rush and come and rush the passer from the slot. And I think things like that show you sort of the iron sharpens iron effect that a guy like Dennis Allen, excuse me, that Dennis Allen, Derek Carr uh, has is that because of the fact that he can point out and see what's going on in terms of the defense and all that. Um, and make those changes and make those protection calls and call out like, hey, here's the middle of the offense, middle of the defense, identifying the mic, if you will. But also, hey, here's where the pressure is coming from and kind of making those changes, making those uh, those adjustments and making those calls that it then forces the defense to be better because they have to disguise it better. They have to hide it better. They have to be more efficient with it. They have to be more effective with it. So I do think that that's really, really cool in terms of being able to sort of see how um, you kind of have both of these guys doing, or not both these guys, but both sides of the football kind of making each other better, challenging each other in that way. So it's just a really, really neat and easy to sort of translate, easy to explain way of how the iron sharpens iron effects happens with the New Orleans Saints offense versus the New Orleans Saints defense, especially with Derek Carr at the helm. So big day for Derek Carr, big bounce back day for Derek Carr. I didn't get to see a lot of 
uh, Michael Thomas didn't get to see a lot of, uh, you know, some of these other guys making bigger plays because we saw some folks, you know, kind of have lighter days as well as, you know, some injuries and things like that, which we're going to get to later because the list of injuries, it, it's starting to get a little bit concerning. And, and you know, I, I did a show a few weeks ago about this kind of saying like, hey, this isn't great so far. And so far, there's not really a lot to change my mind about that. We're going to get to that here in a little bit. But first, I want to get to our plays of the day. And it's plural today because between Lucas Kroll and Foster Moreau, these guys just could not stop putting together the highlights. Let's get to that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. It's August, which means that it is fantasy football season. Time to draft your teams and get it all put together. And if you're going to do that, Underdog Fantasy is a great place to do it and to get it all done, especially with their Best Ball Mania Tournament, which is the largest fantasy football contest of all time. It's back and even bigger than ever with over $15 million in uh, awards and uh, total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million for the winner. Last year, the winner actually drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in your app store to sign up with the promo code LOCKED ON. That's all caps, all one word, L O C K E D O N. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 that way. It is uh, Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKED ON. Once again, it's underdogfantasy.com or you can look at the app in the app store, promo code LOCKED ON. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Big thank you to all the everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day and appreciate everybody being here. Over 200 folks strong for the live portion of this show, even though it's a Saturday. Really appreciate y'all coming through. Is it Saturday? Yes, it's Saturday. Woo! Lord, let me tell you, man, every one of these days feels like it's running together because there's so much action at New Orleans Saints training camp. That's why we do these live episodes every single time that the Saints have practiced because I want to be able to give you the latest on what's going on. So let's get to that here and take a look at what's going on with um, our plays of the day. So I got a couple of these here. Um, Oh, I'll be in New England. Don't worry about that. I'll be up there. Um, I'll travel for all the games. All right. So um, what I want to look at here are the plays of the day. Okay, plays of the day for today, and I got three of them for you. Technically, I got four of them for you, but we're gonna we're gonna stick with three. We're gonna stick with three. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm pull it back a little bit. Um, I want to give, I really want to give Lucas Kroll his flowers real quick. So let's start there. Lucas Kroll, I think, had a fantastic, fantastic uh, day today, and it was one of those days to where just any time that he got the opportunity to make a play, he made that play including a nice one-handed touchdown grab. Now, he had a really, really nice look uh, in terms of uh, going up against JT Gray. Uh, It was Jake Hayner at quarterback, back left side of the end zone. He ends up kind of getting into a tussle with JT Gray, not an actual tussle. We did see some some of that extra action today, though, elsewhere. Uh, But, you know, them fighting for the ball, Jake Hayner putting it in the right spot, Lucas Kroll kind of contorts his body to the outside towards the out-of-bounds boundary and then kind of catches the ball in his right hand as in his right arm as he's falling down on his right arm. Just a great kind of fall away, reel in touchdown. 
Every single day that we get to see Lucas Curl out there getting actual opportunities and full-on targets and full-on all that, um, it, it's been he, he's been making moments. I mean, he's been stacking moments for himself, and that's exactly what you want to see. Um, it's going to be like I think Lucas Kroll is going to make things a little bit challenging on Jimmy Graham. I mean, if Jimmy Graham is going to come in here and be the go-to pass-catching tight end, but Lucas Kroll is having practice days like this, and then if he goes out during the preseason and balls out. Do you keep two of those guys that are going to be your quintessential pass catching guys, or do you keep one of them and then you bet on the upside of the guy that's a little bit younger and maybe a little bit of a better blocker, all that? It's going to be a tough decision for the Saints to make. It's going to be uh, challenging for them to make the right decision or feel like they're making the right decision at tight end, but that's a good thing, right? You want to have so much talent that you feel bad about a guy not making the roster or whatever, or getting everybody on the roster, right? I mean, the Saints want to run a lot of those two tight end sets. So why not have multiple tight ends? You usually would keep three plus Taysom Hill. What if you keep four plus Taysom Hill and then give up that spot elsewhere? There's a lot of different ways for them to go about uh, doing all that. Here was another one. Um, This one was a scramble drill from Jake Hayner, scrambling to the right side. He got flushed out. Um, Forgive forgive me, the the vantage point wasn't ideal for, for taking all of these notes. So I couldn't see who flushed him out we had the whole rest of the team kind of standing in between media and where the play was happening. Uh, but he scrambles out to the right, and then we saw him target number 87 over in the back of the end zone, and bam, another catch uh, back there in the end zone for a second touchdown. And that was two plays in a row, by the way. The falling away catch with one hand and the scramble drill getting open for his quarterback. Those were literally back-to-back plays, so you love seeing that. Um, the play right after that, I want to give some shine as well. This wasn't an offensive highlight. There's actually a defensive highlight. This is another one to where Jake Hayner was scrambling a little bit, uh, throws the ball into the end zone, kind of off platform uh, a bit. Nick Anderson was in coverage with one of the tight ends. I think it was Jimmy Graham running toward, running across the back, uh, but it was uh, number zero, Ugo Amadi, that comes up with the interception. So now both Jake Hayner and Jameis Winston have thrown interceptions during team drills. That means that Derek Carr is the only, only one that has not thrown an interception so far during camp. We'll see how much longer the New Orleans Saints defense allows that to last. Real quick, I want to I want to pivot and just say to Stian, Stian, sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but he just gave a shout out all the way from Norway. It is a dream of mine to go to Norway. I'm going as soon as possible. Shout out to you. Thank you for joining the show. All right, so last, last play of the day here was a Jameis Winston touchdown to Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau in the right side of the end zone, coming down with this catch. This really kind of compounded his day. He had the big, you know, catch and dunk on the uh, field goal post during the seven on seven red zone drills. Uh, Then he ends up turning back and being able to get his big touchdown uh, later on as well. In the seven on seven drills, the touchdown that he caught came from uh, Derek Carr. uh, And that was the one where he dunked on the um, dunked on the thing. And so I think that the, the goalpost. And then there's a whole bunch that, um, you know, he was able to do all throughout the day. But it was a really nice day for uh, Lucas Kroll, really nice day for Foster Moreau as well. Um, and and a nice day for Derek Carr. Derek Carr's four touchdowns when he threw those during uh, the seven on sevens with the Alvin Kamara on an angle route coming out of the backfield. He had another one go to the back of the end zone to um, to Keith Kirkwood. He had another to Chris Olave on kind of this seam route that was kind of bending over the back. And then he had that 82, or that touchdown at 82, which is, of course, Foster Moreau. We saw another one, too, another big play uh, from, two big plays from um, 
from uh, A.T. Perry, who spoke with us after after practice as well. Uh, he had a touchdown in, with Adrian Fry in coverage. It was a jump ball, jump ball in the back corner of the end zone. That was another Jake Hayner toss. This was kind of my honorable mention when it came to uh, when it came to place. And then he also had another one over in the uh, team drills early on in team drills when they were still using kind of the whole field. It was wide open. I mean, he was all by himself on the right sideline, got the pass over to him. He delivered kind of a, a, a little playful fake stiff arm to uh, to Smoke Monday, uh, but was able to get into uh, the end zone on that one. Who knows? I think Smoke Monday probably would have made that stop and would have made that play, but still really good to see uh, another nice day from A.T. Perry, who just keeps stacking uh, these days. So good to see from him. So lots of different plays of the day and not just offense. He had the Ugo Amadi interception and everything as well, but a really nice day of practice for uh, the, for the, uh, the New Orleans Saints. So uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. All right, coming up next, let's get to the not so positive because we don't want to just be positive here on the show when there's stuff that we shouldn't be ignoring. And, and I want to just be honest about what we're seeing in terms of uh, the New Orleans Saints injuries and how like this isn't something that we should just look at and go, ah, it'll be fine. This is the time to where these things kind of happen and whatever. Like this is concerning. Let's talk about why we got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it. Houdat Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. And we're looking at the injuries because New Orleans Saints players are still getting injured. And it's a problem. It's a concern. Um, let's look at the list of New Orleans Saints injuries so far throughout camp, shall we? Uh, Andrew Dowell, Trey Turner, both out for the season with injuries. Trey Turner out with a quad tear. Andrew Dowell out with an ACL. And they add to that list today with running back Eno Benjamin, uh, reportedly, or not reportedly, Dennis Allen told us. And that's one thing I will say has been spectacular. Dennis Allen has been very transparent about what he thinks the injuries are, what the injuries turn out to be, doesn't make us ask questions about it. He just comes out and says, here's the information that you need on injuries, which we love. Uh, but Eno Benjamin, uh, according to Dennis Allen, fear that uh, they fear that he has ruptured his Achilles, which would also be a season-ending injury. He would go to injured reserve with that and then go. So we've already seen three players, a linebacker, an offensive lineman, and a uh, a running back all go down for the season within the first couple of weeks of training camp. Today was training camp number training camp day number nine. Uh, so again, less than ideal when it comes to uh, when it comes to those injuries. Um, Andrus Pete has now missed three practices with a quad strain. Calvin Throckmorton has missed two practices with an elbow injury. Alante Taylor left early during one practice with hamstring tightness. He is back though. He actually had uh, that interception in one-on-ones and he also had a pass breakup uh, in seven-on-sevens. He looked really, really good today. Alante Taylor did. Uh, Demario Davis was held back out of practice today with uh, with a calf. Same thing with Brian Brzee. Also held back out of practice today with a calf injury. Soft tissue injuries. Here we are again. Rashid Jaheed, Traquan Smith both left early with groin injuries. Uh, we had Ruiz. Cesar Ruiz was out because he was a it, it just as a part of his ramp up, kind of a scheduled day. And then Trevor Penning, same thing, out today, part of his ramp up. So I'm sorry, uh, but you know, as I, I look at these injuries and I, I read through that list nine days into training camp, sue me. I, I don't think that you can sit here and say, oh, this isn't concerning. You know what I mean? And, and to be clear, I'm saying that just as like a general, like ubiquitous you, there's not anybody out there that's trying to convince anyone else that hey, this isn't a problem and you shouldn't be worried about it. But I also don't want to sit here and like not talk about it or tell you that you should feel good about it. Like you should feel however you're willing to feel about it. If you feel like, hey, 
this is just part of training camp, which is true, especially this time during training camp. A lot of this stuff kind of happens, especially these smaller injuries. And so being cautious around them, pulling players from practice, holding players back out of practice. I get it. I 100% get that. But when you look at the list of players whose injuries have already cost them practices and have already cost them their season, I think it's also understandable to be concerned. And I don't think either one of those things is necessarily wrong. And I don't think that either one of those things is necessarily unwarranted. So either you have the trust and you think, okay, this is just part of the process. It'll all be all right. Or you're like me and you don't necessarily have the trust and you go, ooh, this ain't great. Mm, this ain't lining up too well. Either one, you're right. You know. So I just wanted to highlight it, man, because I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't want to do anything like that to make you feel like, oh, we're not getting honest coverage here. Um, yeah, you are. I, I'm concerned. And I've been concerned about the injury since before the season started. Then when Trey Turner went down, I got even more concerned. Then when Andrew Dowell went down, I got even more concerned. Now we know Benjamin's down and I'm even more concerned. So I'm spiraling, but not in a way that is that that is going to make me go unhinged, but certainly is in a way that I kind of go, you know, I've got the I've got the magnifying glass. That's the biggest thing. I've got the magnifying glass and that I'm putting everything under that magnifying glass, I'm putting everything under that microscope, and I'm going to be critical of that. I'm critical right now of the New Orleans Saints' ability or inability so far of what they've shown to be able to keep their players healthy. And I think that's a valid criticism. I think that is a very, very valid criticism. A um, couple of other news and notes for you as well as we wrap up today, just because we got a little bit extra time here. Uh, I want to mention that Blake Groupie was the uh, go-to field goal kicker today. Oh, real quick. Sorry. This is a great question. Tedra Covington. Um, are you concerned about the O-line? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm concerned about the O-line because of the injuries. I'm not concerned about the O-line because the defensive line is getting pressure though. Uh, and the reason for that is because the injuries and the sort of like, you know, players being sat and, you know, uh, getting guys like Landon Young into the starting lineup playing left guard instead of playing left tackle or right tackle, which are his positions. Um, those things probably contribute a little bit, but I do want to give the defense their flowers because training camp is usually not a time where you see the defensive line thrive. So I, I want to give them their flowers. So I, I don't know how to explain this, but I feel very good about where the defensive line is, but I'm not super concerned about the Saints offensive line's ability to go up against other defensive lines in the NFL. Not, not too terribly concerned about that at all, uh, but I am concerned about the offensive line in terms of their health. Calvin Throckmorton, uh, Cesar Ruiz is still recovering. Trevor Penning is still recovering. Uh, you know, seeing this now, of course, what happened with Trey Turner, all that. So that's kind of that's where I am with it. I, I don't know if that's walking the line a little bit too much. It's not something I would hit the panic button over, but I'm like, nah, I'm I'm not great. And and I see people saying stuff about the turf too. Remember the Saints practice outdoors. Now the Eno Benjamin was indoors. The Eno ben Benjamin was one was indoors. But the other ones that we've seen so far, if I recall correctly, have happened outside, which is on natural grass. So we can't just blame it on the turf either. We really can't. Um, all right, let's look at a couple of other pieces here. Um Blake Groupie was the field goal kicker today, went six of seven, had a miss uh, on uh, a, uh, I'm not sure what the distance was on it, but just barely, I mean, he just barely hit. And he had been kind of like, kind of like teasing at it all day, really close to that left upright, really close to that left upright, had a couple of those go through, uh, but one of them didn't kind of doinked off, but still a, a pretty good day, including up to 52 yards. So uh, the thing about Blake Groupie that I've noticed is that like when he hits him, he hits him. I mean, he's got the leg for it for sure, but his his field goals that are good are usually right down the middle. 
more times than not right down the middle. So really nice to see that, especially after uh, you know Will Lutz just missed a few kicks the other day. I, again, like John Hendricks and I have been saying it for a couple of months over at Saints News Network, the specialist competition is a legitimate competition. It's not just for show. It's not just to try to make Will Lutz and Blake Gillikin better. If Blake Groupie or Lou Headley and or Lou Headley show that they're better than these guys, they could win this competition. So like, don't sleep on them. Don't sleep on them. I still think Will Lutz as well as um, as well as Blake Gillikin have you know a gap that these guys would have to close. But it would be very impressive impressive if they did close it, and that won't be that won't be ignored. Uh, I got a um, a Jordan Howden uh, highlight for you. I thought that he did a great job as a gunner. In special teams reps, he played over 500 special teams reps during his college career over with the uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers uh, of the expanding Big Ten. How exciting is that? Um, and so it was great to kind of see him show up in that way. We also saw Isaiah Foskey getting a little bit more involved in special teams. He was a part of the uh, the blocking scheme for the punt uh, group. Uh, and so there was a lot of good stuff for those young guys getting more and more involved. Uh, and then the last note that I have for you is that Kendra Miller also went down for a second. So I, I just want to clarify this in case you see it somewhere, but then don't see what actually what ended up happening. So uh, Cam Jordan blew up a run at one point, and the, you know these guys will continue to play through the whistle, quote unquote, and stuff like that. And he ended up getting dropped to the ground. When he got dropped to the ground, um, his his jaw locked up, and so he has uh, he had like a TMJ situation, like a lock jaw situation. And so he just like stayed on the ground and just like waited for training staff to come to him to help him out. Um, they helped him out. I, I guess everything was okay. They got him up. They got him off the field. And he eventually returned later on during the outdoor periods. Well, both of these, the exit and return were both during the outdoor periods. But what a weird situation. Like, man, um, uh, that's got to be scary. Like, especially, I don't know if that was the first time that Kendra had ever experienced that or if that's just been a part of his life throughout, you know, playing football and things like that. But uh, what a just uniquely uh, obtuse thing to to just randomly happen during the uh, during the um, the what do you call it uh, during the the practice today. So what a weird thing. So that I just wanted to clarify that just in case you ended up seeing like half the story right somewhere where it's like, hey, Kendra Miller had to leave. I, I wanted you to have the full story behind all of it. So man, I I think this is. Uh, Look, I know I'm concerned about the injuries. I know that there were some drop passes today, but there's still really a lot to feel good about with this New Orleans Saints offense. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one more thing too, real quick. I'm going to end up going over time if I do this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The Saints are using a lot of misdirection. They'll do a lot of things to where maybe there's a running back on the hit left hip of a quarterback and they'll snap the ball and then they'll fake the run going to the left only to then turn around and pitch it to a receiver that's doing an end around from left to right. And so you're seeing a lot of that eye candy in this New Orleans Saints offense, uh, motion, misdirection, all these other things. That's really important. That's really important. That's a really important step forward for what the New Orleans Saints offense has been so far, um, you know, or was last year and how it can be going into 2023. So uh, I, I just wanted to share that with you because I think that's a really, really good uh, piece of information to keep with you as you're getting excited about this New Orleans Saints offense. All right, we've got practice tomorrow. I know it's Sunday, but that means we'll be live again tomorrow right after practice. No morning show on the weekends, but we will get you with the live episode later on in the in the afternoon. So we'll have that for you here on Locked on Saints. Get you caught up on everything around your New Orleans Saints. And again, continue to look forward at the players that need to show a little bit more as we get into a fresh week 
on Monday as well. So lots of good stuff on the way for you. I appreciate you as always, all the everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Want to give uh, quick mentions to uh, Sarah Toby, uh, to or who's actually here in the chat. If I if I saw him, if I saw correctly, uh, Brian, Cameron, Steve, and a big shout out and happy birthday to Connor. Appreciate y'all saying hi and everyone that took the time to say hi uh, all throughout training camps. I appreciate y'all as always for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.